Hey guys, welcome to the fourth podcast. I believe it is. I thought it was time I did another one. Um, brief intro because these are new and you just uh, might be hearing this for the first time. My name is Tyson. I'm into functional training, so training to make your body better at doing things. And that's what this podcast will mainly aim to discuss, plus current life events, pop pop culture, man, I like anime, and uh, the odd coffee talk. So there's been quite a big gap between the last podcast that I've done, um, so you can backpedal and check those first three out if that's something you'd be interested in. For me, at the moment, um, just have finished moving again. This is like the fourth time in the last year, so pretty over that, but settling into the new place yet again, um, you always need to adjust your training habits and things like that, um, which I'll get to in the meat of this podcast. Um, some stuff that I've been up to lately in terms of what have I been watching? Because I love shows. We've got Game of Thrones is out at the moment. Avengers is out. Avengers Endgame. So without spoilers, um, I'm enjoying Game of Thrones at the moment, uh, but I just feel there is... So I got into it in the f- season four, like when that was out. So that's when I started watching it. So I've been up to date for the last four years. Is that right? Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. It's a great show, but I feel like this last season, because it's at its peak of popularity or the most people are going to know about it now. It's got this hype that it probably, to me, can't deliver on. And it's also, even though Game of Thrones stays quite true to what it is, it doesn't really bend to the demand of the general population. I do feel because this season is such fewer episodes and the demand, not just from the production company, but the general population and everything is so high, it's lost a little bit of what made it so original and unique and crossing the line in that way that a drama hadn't done before. It feels like a little bit more generic, but it might also be the just the massive hype it has onto it, that it's impossible to live up to that expectation, particularly because it's also been, what, a year and a half since the last season. So, yeah, really enjoying it. At the time of recording this, we're up to episode four, so there's two left. Um, And, yeah, without spoilers, that's how I'm feeling on that. And then Avengers is the other massive... It's kind of like Game of Thrones is the ultimate television show and Avengers is the ultimate movie series. So the final Avengers of this whole phase of Marvel movies has come out. And, again, spoiler-free because I hate hearing about... I hate hearing anything to do with spoilers for a show. I want to just watch it with my own opinions or thoughts. Even when someone's watching it with me and we've both not seen something and they're guessing what's going to happen, I'm like, don't even put those thoughts into my head because I don't watch it and guess. I just watch an experience. And uh, that's how I think it's best enjoyed is just to let it come over you the way the director intended it to rather than trying to guess what they're up to. So anyway, Final Avengers came out and I thought it was an awesome 
way to end it. It really moved away from that generic superhero film, which definitely got my thumbs up. And um, I also really enjoyed the villain. I think that was the main thing, was that the villain was not generically, I'm evil and I'm going to wipe out the earth. It was quite a sophisticated philosophical idea that they had that was terrible but could also be discussed in the what they wanted to do and what they wanted to achieve because overpopulation which this isn't giving anything away but if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about and this is not spoiled for this last movie this is something that the villain has wanted to do since the movie before uh, it's to do with overpopulation. There's definitely an issue with overpopulation in the real world. So it drew parallels to that. And the answer to overpopulation is there's not like a direct one because the obvious direct answer is inhumane. <laughs> I feel that's how I'm looking at it. So yeah, the villain was uh, interesting and the characters all got good airtime and the story was different to what your standard superhero film would be. So really enjoyed the ending to Avengers. What next film I'm looking to see is Detective Pikachu. I feel like people will fall on either side of the fence with this and either really not like it or really like it. I think it looks awesome the way the they've blended people with real life. Um, they've made the Pokemon like real life. And I saw a meme the other day because they recently released a Sonic the Hedgehog trailer for a film and that got panned, not the film, but just the trailer and how Sonic looks. And being an anime fan, if you guys are familiar with Full Metal Alchemist, where they practiced alchemy and there's a law of equivalent exchange where what if you do create something through alchemy, something of equal value must be sacrificed. And I saw this meme that had uh, that quote of, if you create something, something of equal value must be sacrificed. And it was showing the Pikachu from Detective Pikachu and the Sonic from the Sonic trailer, <laughs> making out that to get something like Pika the Pikachu, which looks pretty good. It's a good design and everything. And I feel like Ryan Reynolds will do it justice, um, is like the good thing. And then the, the thing that is exchanged, like we have to take the bad with the good is this Sonic. And the Sonic is so terribly designed. I saw a page where some people, just other people who'd seen the trailer with Photoshop skills fixed it up and it looked so much better with just a few touch-ups. I can't believe that that Sonic is the final product. So I'm not sure if I'll see that, but I'm going to go see Detective Pikachu next week and I'm keen for that. And then what I'm watching at the moment, Jojo's Bizarre Adventures is an anime that I'm getting through. Um, I love animes that are weird and just tap into a part of imagination that you don't have yourself. So it makes you be like, this is fucked up. <laughs> um, so I'm a fan of that kind of thing. Jojo's doesn't disappoint in that sense. Um, not my favorite one of my favorite animes of all time, but I'm enjoying it at the moment. I'm up to season two or three, the Stardust Crusaders. So, um, yeah, like I said, just move house, getting into another routine of training. Um, another thing I'm doing outside of training right now is I'm trying to write some stand-up to like a, just some 
five minutes of material that I can take to an open mic just to get some experience because that's something I'm interested in trying and building my skills in. Um, I recently left my job. Uh, it was in Sydney. The One of the things was the travel, but ultimately it just wasn't a job that I wanted a career with. And that was enjoyable up to a point with all the office work that was involved. It's just not my thing at all. Um, my mind can't sit at an office and do numbers and stuff. And then the travel on top of that. And it was taking away from my training. It was taking away from being able to write stand up and all of that. And I just completed an acting class, which was really interesting. I found it funny how my thoughts and opinions have changed from doing from a preconceived idea of what it will be like and what it ended up being like. I remember if you're familiar with The Sopranos, James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano, hearing an interview with him saying that his first acting class, his hands were shaking uncontrollably. He was that nervous. And my hands weren't shaking, but I was quite nervous. And it's just interesting now that I'm on the... I've put in 20 weeks, so just one three-hour class each week for 20 weeks doing the classes. And it's just a completely different take on it now. Look, going into a class, there's so much more confidence there. Um I thought everyone that did the classes was going to be like, I'm an actor. Uh, look at me. And they're not. <laughs> they're all really nice people. Had heaps of fun and I feel heaps more confident to put what I learn into any kind of performance, whether it's the fusion gone wrong or <laughs> any other video like that. So let's get into some training Let's get into some training talks. Sorry, that's me just using the mic on my phone and I knocked it. Um, how am I going? I mean, one thing I wanted to talk about was I did for my very first time, I made a post about it on Instagram. I did a Turkish get-up, which I remember years ago, my friends and I just making fun of it. That's how I remember it because of the name. And I thought when I was training the other day, I, sh I was trying to think of things to do, things to try. And um, this exercise came into my mind. So I looked it up on YouTube, picked one of the first videos and just copied that. And it seemed to come together pretty easy. At first, I thought there were so many moving parts. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to nail it. But I think I did pretty good. You can check my Instagram at the Tyson Edwards. And if you have any tips, feel free to comment on them. Um, I also posted my thoughts thinking that Turkish get-up, here's what I found interesting. Turkish get-up is great because it requires you to be mobile to a degree because you're using a weight. It requires you to be strong. It requires you to have coordination and balance. So it blends a lot of important physical attributes into the one skill. It's not going to be an exercise that builds mass. It's not going to be an exercise that... I mean, it will help, but it's not going to be one that makes you more mobile. It's more one that just keeps you healthy. It helps maintain, but that's a really good tool to have in your toolkit. And the parallels I saw in this, I've been meaning to do a video 
or just film, make a post on Instagram of how awesome gymnastics floor routines are at the lower levels. Now, these are, if you're looking at gymnastics competition, they're the type of routines that five to 10-year-olds do. And they're so... If they were to be taken those routines and given to an adult and the adult has to learn them and perform them, by learning how to do the floor routine and being able to perform it well will give that adult so much improvement in their strength, their flexibility, their coordination. So it draws a lot of parallels, a gymnastics floor routine to this movement, the Turkish getup. And I think that just along the way, because I'm sure as you guys know, gymnastics is very, uh, has kind of a stigma to it in that adults don't do it. It's either for kids or it's for if you go into the Olympics. It's not something readily accessible to an adult looking to get fit. This movement with a kettlebell, the Turkish getup, has managed to find its way in to adult training and is benefiting them in very similar ways to how a gymnastics floor routine would benefit an adult. So I quite like that about the Turkish getup. And I'd like to draw those parallels and very soon film myself performing a gymnastics floor routine to put out into the onto YouTube or onto Instagram and have you guys watch it and learn it and get the same benefits. Well, not this exact same, but get similar benefits learning that as you do from learning a movement pattern like the Turkish getup. So I was quite happy with finding that out. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was a YouTube comment I got. Now it was on my, I get a lot of comments, but some of them stick out more than others. Some are more hateful than others. Some are really positive. Um, this one just drew my attention because it came across as hate, but then I realized that there was probably a lesson to be learned or taught from the comment. And it was on my video four tips for a higher front flip. And that video has had, it's either 100 or 200,000 views now. So it's been viewed a fair bit. It's been out for a couple years. It's had a lot of positive feedback on it because these are legit four techniques that really helped improve the height of my front flip. And I'm so happy to see it helping other people. Even like one of the tips can help improve the height of your front flip. And it's aimed at people that can already do a front flip and are open to adding in modifications to their technique to improve it. So the comment that I received was, it said something along the lines of, it's funny how I'm teaching people how to front flip and get their front flip higher, and I can't even do a high front flip. So you can see how that could be taken as hate, right? And you could easily just ignore something like that. Um, but then it made me think that perhaps it's good to assume, I probably shouldn't do this as often as I do, but it's good to assume positive intent behind things rather than negative. I just think your experience in life will be better if you're assuming people mean well. Uh, mostly in comments on social media, they don't when it comes across that way. But I just assume that it is. They're basically saying that because my front flip is not the highest they've ever seen, or maybe in the top five, that I shouldn't be teaching or saying I can teach a higher front flip. 
And to me, that is initially sounds really stupid because obviously think of people at the top of their game, like Usain Bolt, the world record holder for the 100-meter sprint. His coach obviously doesn't run the 100-meter sprint faster than him, yet he's still taking advice from his coach. Okay, take a, a boxer like Lomachenko. His coach is not better than him at boxing. His coach is good at teaching him boxing. So I don't see... I, I take the comment as silly in the sense of it's assuming that you need to be the best at something, otherwise you have no place teaching it. But then the reason why I think a lesson can be taught here is because you can also look at the complete opposite side of the spectrum. And if I was trying to teach you how to front flip and I had never done a front flip before, you would want to question where that logic is coming from, where the techniques that I'm trying to say are coming from. And I don't think it's a black and white thing. I don't think that you should only take advice from people that are the absolute best at what they're trying to teach. And I also don't think that you shouldn't take advice from people that don't appear to have it more, don't appear to have much experience. I think it is more black and white um, when you consider if people don't have experience in something trying to teach, well, yeah, that's when those fake gurus can come up, people selling snake oil, people that aren't legit. That's where it can, you know, you can exercise more on the side of caution in terms of taking their advice. But when I can clearly demonstrate a front flip, you can see that I can do it in the video, then I feel like you should give the person the benefit of the doubt. If you've clicked on the video and you're there anyway, listen to what they have to say and use common sense in how you're judging how that person comes across. Do they seem legit? Are they full of like sales words as they're trying to talk? Do they look like they can perform or have experience in this? And then listen to the advice and take or leave it. If it sounds good, if you try it out and it works, awesome. If it didn't, well, at least you put in some effort to try and improve. Not everything's going to work. You can leave that and know, know that now that advice will not work for you and move forward. So that's what I would say in a nutshell for it is it is idiotic to think that just because someone isn't the best that you shouldn't listen to them because you're rarely going to get the opportunity from learn to learn from people who are the absolute best at something. And a lot of the time, I don't know about a lot of the time, but at times, people who are amazing at something aren't the best at teaching it. Teaching and coaching is a skill in itself. So don't just dismiss someone because they're not the best. And also exercise caution if you can see that there is no experience behind the advice being given. So I just wanted to touch on that because I thought it was an interesting comment at the end of the day, even though I initially took it as a hater. And something can be learned from that, which perhaps I'm passing on to you guys now. Um, training goals. At the moment, I'm a little bit scattered because I've left my job, because I've moved house things have been a little bit scrambled in terms of where am I supposed to be putting my efforts. I recently spoke in a vlog or a past podcast about my 
awareness that I'm entering my prime at 28 years old, my physical prime, and that I would love something that I strongly believe in and wish to pursue and get all the benefits of being at my physical best, so in the best position to prep and practice for something physical, but I don't know what. Um, I've been thinking for a while now, and I still haven't landed on anything in particular. Now that I'm 28, I do have some, not significant, but I do have some injuries behind me. For example, if I just persisted with Olympic lifting, just hardcore, I know that my knees would start to flare up and it would uh, put me where I used to be, or if not in a worse place when I was Olympic lifting a lot of the time, and I don't want to be there. I love Olympic lifting, but to pursue it full time, I already know what's down that road. And it's not something I have a strong desire to be the best at. It's just an amazing movement that I like having in my arsenal. But yeah, so it's just, I'm just trying to think where can I direct my energy? I definitely want to do a jiu-jitsu competition this year. That would be awesome. There might be some endurance-based things I would like to do in terms of cycling, um, perhaps in terms of running or swimming or a triathlon. It's not at the top of my list, but it does interest me given it's something I've not done before. Um, all my handstand work. I had a little bit of an injury in my hip, but I was working on getting my straddle press, my stolder press and my pike press in my handstand. So I've just had a little bit of time off that, but I am enjoying all the handstand work. So it's just about figuring out where to put that energy. And one idea I've got, which I'd love to hear your feedback on is I love doing training series. And an idea for a training series would be taking, say, four or three to five elements, setting a goal for it and tracking them over a period of time, say a season like winter, and um, setting goals and achieving them by the end of the series. And how that would be, it would be, say I do, my goals would be to get sub 12 seconds in the 100 meter sprint to get my stolder press to handstand and to enter and to enter a jiu-jitsu competition so three goals from three different areas and to track my progress so that's kind of what i'm thinking um i'm always i know this is a personal thing choosing your goals but i would be i'm interested in discussing this kind of thing as well to see what i other people are doing what they're really enjoying with their training. So yeah, hit me up on that. I'm still thinking about it, but that's something I'm leaning towards is a an eclectic mix of physical training in the form of a series. And last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is my vertical jump program will be coming out soon. So I spoke about that in early 2019 and I was super keen to get that out as soon as possible. But with a lot of other things happening, it's been kind of put on the back burner. And what it is, it's a straightforward program of exercises that I believe mimic the vertical jump, add load in these exercises and over the course of the training program teach you the right movement pattern and because it is weighted 
with that vertical jump movement pattern, by the end of it, you should see an increase in your vertical jump. So I'll be putting out a video on YouTube talking more about that. Um, I will, yeah, just explaining it. And you'll be able to purchase this program from my website, thetysonedwards.com. I'm really excited about it. I want to be available for anyone and everyone that purchases it who wants to ask questions. And I'm excited to see people improving their vertical jump because it's something I've seen. I didn't know this, but there was like, I think it's Mark Ripito. Yeah, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I'm sure it was Mark Ripito in a video said that you can't improve your vertical jump because it's to do with power and power is innate within the body. So you cannot give yourself more fast twitch muscle fibers. You're born with what you've got and you cannot improve upon that. I don't think that's true. I th I'm not saying that you can, at a uh, microscopic level, improve the number of fast twitch muscle fibers, but I think you can definitely improve your vertical jump by optimizing your technique within the vertical jump and by mimicking that pattern with load, certainly, and with consistency of practicing that movement pattern, improve upon the height. So that's what I'm aiming to do with the program. And as you guys know, or you could assume, the vertical jump is your raw demonstration of power. And improving upon your raw demonstration of power is improving your power across any physical movement. So I'm super excited about that. I'll wrap up the podcast now. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope that was informative to you. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram, The Tyson Edwards. Check out my YouTube, The Tyson Edwards. And subscribe to this podcast because I'll be aiming to do more whenever there are topics of fitness discussion to be discussed. And I will talk to you guys next time.